The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, guns up, baby. Get up, y'all. Welcome to Failure to Stop. This is the Night Shift episode. This is your Tuesday Night True Crime. Brought to you by the beautiful and audacious Andrea Blade and myself, Eric Tanzi. We are the Failure to Stop podcast channel, bringing you four episodes a week, mainly geared to first responders and people who support them. True Crime Tuesdays, every Thursday is all the other news that, in the, uh, that you need to know so that you don't sound like an asshole first responder to your civilian friends. And then uh, Thursday night is the comm center dispatcher heavy show where they break down dispatcher audio. This week they're breaking down that horrific scene out of Austin, Texas. So they're going to be breaking down the uh, dispatcher's audio, the body camera footage. That's a bad one. That's a, That one's going to be something to tune into. Um, hearts and prayers, thoughts and prayers to all those folks over in, in Austin. Um, and then Fridays, our flagship show where we do our case breakdowns with myself and Drew Breezy. Tonight's show is brought to you by none other than ghostbed.com. Sleep so good, it's scary. Ooh. If you want to support this show, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star rating, write us a review if you want to. If you want to go that extra mile, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can be a paid member to our, our YouTube channel, which gets you the backdoor access to Discord and some uh, live uh, behind-the-scenes. I will be behind-the-scenes tomorrow at 11.30 for last call of the day, for those of you who want to join. And other than that, uh, my diet's going terrible. Had a dream last night, Andrea. I had a dream last night. I'm not sure if yours is the dream we want to hear. But it was not. It was almost it. a wet dream, but it wasn't the wet dream I wanted. I had a dream last night that I accidentally ate a sauteed, sauteed onion, ruining my carnivore 30-day diet. And I'm so close. I, Saturday's my last day of 30 days of the carnivore diet. Nothing but meat. Oh, really? Nothing but meat and cheese for 30 days. I can't believe it's already been a month. Oh. Uh, it has been the worst month of my life. I hate being sober. Uh, if I don't ever have to drink uh, green tea again, I'll be all right. That's my source of caffeine these days. So uh, any true crime news before we dive in tonight? What's tonight's topic anyway? Yeah. For, am I echoey, by the way? I mean, no, not, not really. But your mic doesn't sound like great. We'll get you a new one. That'll be a uh, third or fourth mic. But we'll get you a new one there. You're like, break you're like Mariah Carey. What if I just had a headset? <laughs> like with the with the microphone that comes yeah. down, like a like yeah. a dispatcher would have. Yeah, I mean, I can or see Britney that. Spears. I mean, don't don't you have one from back from your your phone sex operator days? So we are covering tonight um, the case of Richard Chase, who was known as the Vampire of Sacramento. Um, this case. We're going to get all into it, but I will tell you that uh, this is one where I'll send you some links. I'll tell you whatever you want and privately in the chats. But and if you want to look into it, look into it. I won't even go over all the details uh, tonight, but it is gruesome. And um, again, I like to nerd out on the psychology behind things. And so there's a lot to kind of dive into there with that. But for tonight, in terms of uh, 
updates. We're still talking about Idaho. Uh, new news has slowed down from that. So again, the Moscow, Idaho college murders from November 13th, where the four college students were killed uh, while presumably sleeping in their rental home there near campus. So the newest information we have right now is that Ann Taylor was the public uh, defender that was assigned to represent Brian Koberger, the alleged murderer in this case. She How does she have all that time? How does she have all that time between her clothing line, her retail stores, <laughs> and she's also is that the same Ann Taylor? <laughs> the outlet shops. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm really impressed that you know that. I think oh, Forever dude, 21 was... Forever 21 is the only clothing line I've heard you reference before. So oh, dude, and I've spent many a nights in Ann Taylor's loft. Oh, used to, I have used known. to sleep I with should. Ann Taylor back in the day up in her should. loft. Um, so that's the that's the public defender that had been hired to represent or assigned to represent Brian Koberger. She had to resign the second that uh, she realized the conflict of interest here because she previously had already been assigned to represent. Let me make sure I get her name right. Kara, Kara Kernodal. Now, Kara is the mother of 20 year old Zana Kernodal, which was one of the victims um, in this case, needless to say, she stepped down. Uh, Brian Koberger is now re being represented by attorney Christopher Schwartz, uh, who is her replacement. Now, side note, uh, doesn't much matter here, but Ann Taylor had been representing Zana's mother, Kara, for some unrelated drug charges. So, Anyway, that's interesting. That's what's going on there. So Koberger's preliminary hearing is set for June. If you remember, it got pushed back um, at the request of the defense, of course. But prosecutors could speed up the timeline if they um, if they decide to by seeking grand jury indictment instead of waiting until the preliminary <clears throat> hearing to prove uh, probable cause. So the courts issued a gag or order. Of course, that bars any. Uh, attorneys and investigators from commenting on the case there. So that's the only thing that we really have that's new uh, in terms of Idaho. Uh, Utah. Now, um, uh, Utah. Uh, Debts Love Act Man Carry. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, we are a live show. We are going to jump into this very gruesome topic here very shortly, but we always like to address our live chatters, uh, especially the ones who give us money. Like that's love act man carry. He says, hashtag keep fighting and get those get home bags ready because Niner 17 is here. Fun fact. I live one block from his former apartment. Is Wait, it, I don't know any of what that means. I know that Niner 17 was some kind of like uh government takeover, but that was in like, I think 2017. Wait, does he uh, live in Washington? Is he saying he lives near Brian Kohlberger's apartment? Maybe. Because Niner 17 is here. Is that the area code? <laughs> get those get home bags ready. I don't know. Adetslav, I love you. And I, I well, I don't know you, but his, I appreciate it. His chats the are money, always a bit. Um, but I don't know what you're innocent. saying. It's too coded for me. But I'm going to take it as um, one of those warnings like the Goonies had. You know, now we have a real, we have a real clue to a real mystery. What's what I'm saying? I feel like he, I, I feel like it's often um, his 
he sends super chats and it's a lot of fun, but it's often very cryptic in nature, like a riddle. Mm, I like it. I like the riddle. I can't even say his name. I mean, his name is a riddle. As his, as his name is absolutely a riddle. Um, but anyway, he says he lives in Sacramento. So is that close to this? That's close to the current. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought he was talking about the update. That's close to the case we're covering tonight. So, yes. Oh, gotcha. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. moving awesome. right along, another quick update. Let's talk Delphi. You guys, you can't have forgotten by now, right? So we have um, Abby Williams and Libby German. They were murdered in February of 2017. This was the bridge guy, uh, the guys down the hill voice we heard. Look into it. Watch our show on it. I think that's where the audio was awful, but the information was stellar. Um, jurors are now being selected. So this has been um, an interesting, I think, something people have been waiting on. I don't think most people in this country could be unbiased at this point, much less anyone in that state or near that County. This was a huge case. It's been ongoing for five, over five, six years now. Um, and so Richard Allen was the man arrested in connection with these murders back in this, just this past October. So five and a half years had gone by with nothing. He was arrested. They are finally selecting the um, jurors at this point. So where they came from has been, um, the, the question, right? Where are we pulling them from? Uh, defense, of course, has requested they come from very far away. Finally, they've decided to continue to have the trial or to proceed with the trial in Carroll County. That's right there, Delphi area. But they're pulling jurors from Allen County, which is right at like 100 miles away. So still not very far. I mean, that's the back door of this place, you know, in terms of uh, their knowledge or interest or involvement in the case. So uh, that's the newest information we have there. Uh, Alan is set to go to trial in March, uh, but defense has said, or excuse me, prosecution has said that they have, quote, extraordinary voluminous evidence to turn over to the defense. So we have, uh, they say they have thousands and thousands of pages of discovery. So March may be a stretch. That might be an unlikely timeline. That's, that's approaching quickly and they may not have time. Uh, the gag order remains on that case, and Alan is due in court on February 17th for a bail hearing. And that's all we got for, for our updates. All right. Well, I like your updates. Uh, the snoozing news. I like it when they're hot. I like the hot news, hot takes. We've caught Can we them. call them the updates the snoozing news? Uh, tonight was. Wasn't all that great. That news kind of sucked. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, make I wanted, I wanted some like, I want like we need to. What we need to do um, on the news segment of this show is just make up bombshell. Stuff? Yeah, do what the regular mainstream media does. That's how you get all the clicks and the follows. Just come uh, up with some bombshell bullshit. Be uh, like the Delphi murder case and what Joe Biden has to say about it next on Tuesday night's night shift. I like that. Joe Biden make speaks stuff. out against the Delphi murders. He said he come on down in uh, the hill and dumbo. <laughs> Who's got the ice cream? All right. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. No one has tried to win my grandma notes anytime recently, so we might have to try that. Try that again soon. All right. <clears throat> so we are talking about Richard Trenton Chase. Uh Sounds like the name of like what? Like a NASCAR driver. Oh, you think? 
is it the Richard mm-hmm. that got you? Is that why? Uh, the the uh, Richard Chase, Richard Trick and Chase. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so he was known as the Vampire Sacramento. Uh, he killed six people over the span of about a month. So he was much more of like a spree type killer than uh, you know we look at when we why talk about a lot of our vampire? serial killers. Huh? Why do they call him? Like, why do they nickname him the Vampire? Do you have, like the teeth or something? Because he drank the blood of his victims and he ate their internal organs. Oh, jeez. I actually had a pair of fangs from Halloween a few years ago that I considered wearing for the show tonight just because it's fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would have been fun, I guess. Maybe. Richard was born on May 23rd of 1950. So all of this takes place... Um, Richard's life ended in 1980. So he was only 30 years old when he died. And some would argue that was plenty old enough. All right. So uh, his household, it depends on what you listen to and what you read. I've heard that it was a strict household. I've heard that it was one of the quotes I heard that uh, I think stated it was uh, normally dysfunctional, meaning in the early 50s, the way adults treated children or maybe the punishments that ensued was a bit different than it is now, but at the time it would have been more normal. Um, but the more I read and the more I looked into it, I'm seeing that, it, in fact, that's not the case. His father was more than strict on him. Uh, there was abuse. This case will be right up your alley, Eric, in the sense that we're, we're going to hit all the things of um, per, we always you and I can butt heads in terms of uh, can you parent someone out of something, but you certainly can increase parenting them into bad behavior. And this is one of those circumstances for sure. So do you think uh, you could parent your kids out of not becoming a meme or like a nationwide meme? Hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, I'm always going to take this cake, this take you can absolutely steer and guide them and are needed and required to do so. Absolutely. Now, does that mean that for sure your kid is never going to do something dumb and become a meme? Absolutely not. Because you can't. Not a meme, a nationwide meme. I feel like, I feel like you can, I feel like you can parent that out of a child. We'll see. I doubt the my more kids, kids you have. Meme. Listen, you're running a gamble. The more kids you have Let's over go. there. So no, your yeah, but like, but it'll be parental illness. Like, I'll I'll be a good parent for like three of them, and two of them I'll be a shit. (laughs) (laughs) It'll still be my fault. I don't give a fuck. But the ones I parent really good will not become memes. It's the ones that I neglect. The first three will be all right. First three are fine. So those last two, they're gonna be super sluts. Stop it, Eric! And half their department. What about when your children watch this show one day? I pray to the Lord we're off air by then. You're like, gosh, man. Dad was right. Dad was right. So You're this a horrible kid, human being. I, listen, All right. I know. So this chick, are these these parents, they were uh they're my favorite type of parents. How many kids did they have? Let's go there. Um you know what? That's a great you question. Have one I think kid just... and you fuck up that one kid. Yeah. You really suck. So it gets interesting. We're going to talk about this, okay? So we're going to talk about what might have been going on behind the scenes. But what we do know eventually, I say eventually, eventually upon me reading and reading and reading, was that uh, 
dad was, I would just go, I mean, abusive with him. I think that he, uh, he actually, you know what? He did have a sibling because his sibling watched him, Richard, uh, get shaken by his father and thrown against a wall when he was little, little bitty. So, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to, I think it's Robbie Humble. Does that sound right, Eric? You're friends with him on Facebook. Okay. He's a listener. Mm -hmm. yep. Anyway, mm -hmm. he's the one who recommended the show the other day. And uh, and I have heard mm -hmm. of this case. And so I said, you know what? I'll take a look into it. People, you guys keep keep sending show ideas. I do look into them. Sometimes I don't because I've already got something in my head that I want to do. But sometimes it hits just right. And this is where, like, this week, this was a perfect case for this Tuesday. That's so by the porn, age... By the way, just keep sending me all okay. your porn references and I will look them up. Okay. As long as they're good ones. Yep. By the age of five, uh, Richard was exhibiting the McDonald triad. So we're going to geek out on psychology for a hot second. We talk about this a lot. If you remember, the triad is the propensity to set fires, um, the compulsion to harm animals, and consistent wetting of the bed or enuresis over the age, after the age of five. Okay. What's interesting here is that when Richard was five years old, it was the year 1955, and this McDonald triad had not yet been something that um, was coined until 1963. So this wasn't anything that anyone was aware of looking out for at that time. This is this is before this is actually right on the cusp of um, a few years later. The idea of profiling and these kinds of things came around. All right. So the McDonald triad is also known as the triad of um, sociopathy or the homicidal triad. So it gets a little, uh, it gets a little bit um, questionable. There are some authorities or some experts in the field who, who don't think it means what it's said to mean. And, and some agree with it wholeheartedly. So let's talk about it a little bit. So if there is a presence of any two of those three factors that I just named the, the bedwetting fire setting and cruelty to animals, um, this is considered to be predictive of violent tendencies, particularly related to serial crimes. Cruelty to, an to the animals, fire setting, obsession, persistent bedwetting, um, they're all linked to violent behaviors, more specifically homicidal behavior and sexually predatory behavior. And we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes this has been disputed because some authorities say that uh, this instead, these behaviors instead are more likely connected with childhood parental neglect. All right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or abuse. And some say that this parental neglect or abuse is what increases the homicidal tendencies. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, say what now? What do you do if your kids start showing these McDonald's signs? Fucking so, well, put them out of their misery early, late term abortion well, or what? Well, now we know, now we know, and we have mental health is, is better, you know, and that's saying a lot, but it is better than we were looking at, you know, 80 years ago and then up until 40 or 50 years ago toward the time when this case ends and things have changed exponentially, exponentially, excuse me, for mental health. So while it's still not anywhere where it needs to be for us, it's still so much better than it was even then. Right. So mental help is what is needed, because yeah. if we can get in, you know, a lot of these we're going to talk about this, but a lot of these diagnoses, these psychopathies are not going to be diagnosed until late teens, early 20s. That's just the way most of the that's the way most of them pan out. 
Um, so it's, even without a diagnosis, you can start to see these behaviors, see patterns, curb the behavior, get intense mental health, mental therapy, you know, if it's inpatient, whatever. So that's to answer your question, what you would do then. Now, then it's not exactly how it was handled, right? So some profilers uh, say that these behaviors do matter, though, when you link them to later predatory behavior. So you can look at it as uh, it definitely as a precursor. You can look at it to curb or to try to help a child early on, but they use them a little bit more later, almost after the fact to say, did this person, these murders are being committed. Did this person do this, this, and this growing up as a child? And if the answer is yes, then you much more likely have a serial offender or, you know, a, a sexual predator on your hands. Um, it's predictive of increased likelihood of future behavior patterns. Um, so I see that on one of my kids, I'm giving them an exorcism right then and there. Well, and this, the reason this does matter is because you can potentially cease these behaviors right before, before something terrible happens. So that's where cue your mental health therapist, you know, that's, yeah. mm -hmm. that's what, so, so we'll come back out of that box a little bit and get back into the case. But as he got a little bit older, uh, he started using large amounts of LSD so if you follow us Man. on Instagram, on Failure to Stop, Andrea Uplate. Um, Why is it only sick fucks are always on LSD? Like the real well, sick, also, twisted well, fucks. Well, keep in mind, he was in Sacramento, California in the 60s. That's the height of it. I know. So, what, But know I, mean, I mean, wasn't the uh, Manson, they were all LSD fans too. Also, you're looking at same same time, same place. I mean, I you're looking at, you know, know what I'm saying? But I mean, That's what I'm saying. It's like, golly, dude, that LSD is... No joke. Well, so this was gonna say if you um like on Instagram when I brought up the case earlier to tease tonight's show, and I was saying, look, we've got parental, we've got uh childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. We have potentially we're gonna talk about it, but some genetic mental health issues going on. Not yeah. potentially, that's for sure what happened. Um, and hallucinogenics in the formative years. So I mean, the three of those combined are like just stir that pot. I mean, like what else can you sprinkle in? That's pretty much the formula I think for something pretty terrible happening and going sideways. Yeah. I wonder if the CIA gave the uh, LSD to this guy too. Like Betty and Barney. Wasn't that their names? No, that's rubble. What was their names? The no, it was something stupid like that. It was Betty and yeah. Some Reuben or something. Or was it Barney and she wasn't, but whatever. Wow. Um, so he did start to use quite a bit of LSD um, he started to become what seemed like a hypochondriac. Uh, he was very, uh, at first seemed to be in tune with his body and then seemed to be actually just fixated on human anatomy. And this became more and more of a problem. Um, so as time went on, he would say that like that his heart stopped beating. Like he felt like he was walking around dead sometimes. He, we do know that he had some relationships with girls and young women as he was growing up, uh, trying to date in his high school and uh, early college years, but they never really panned out and come to find out he was impotent the entire, during his entire like coming of age time and dating these girls. He actually went to the doctor for this. Um, Need some blue chew in his life. Right. I know that's the perfect segue for our sponsor. Uh, but he did go to the doctor and the doctor, and I felt like this was on point for that time. Uh, I thought, first of all, I thought it was interesting that he took the initiative to go to the doctor and, you know, that 
during that decade, right, for this problem. But the doctor actually diagnosed him with repressed rage, which I thought was, I mean, like on point for back then. That's amazing that he did that. However, uh, Richard did not believe him and, in fact, thought that his blood was turning to powder and that his heart was shrinking. And this is why he had an issue um, with impotence. So he never had a fully functioning uh, relationship in that sense. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the chat. It says, is Wilmington going through an earthquake? No, Wilmington's going through... Andrea moved her studio and every time I move my whole table shakes. Um, so let's talk about some of the things he started thinking about his own body. We know that at this point he's bought more of a modern human anatomy book and was very, very fixated on human anatomy, not because he wanted to study it, not because he wanted to go into this kind of profession at some point. All right. So he thought, like I said, that his heart would stop beating. He thought that his blood was becoming powder. He would start peeling oranges and hold the rinds to his forehead to directly absorb the vitamin C. Okay. Uh, he thought that it would go straight to his bloodstream via his brain. He believed that his cranial bones were detaching from one another and shifting around in his head. So he shaved his head so that he could, quote, monitor this activity. All right. He should have just put a mask on. If he would have put an N95 on, he'd been all right. Maybe so. He, um, he actually thought that, oh, goodness gracious. So he thought that the Nazis were in on this. He had a theory that if you, uh, that if you, raise your soap dish on the counter. If it's dry under there, you're good. You're safe. All right. Um, but if you raise your soap dish on your kitchen counter and there, it's like gooey under there, that's because the Nazis had poisoned it uh, and had every plan to turn your blood into powder. Like I said earlier. Uh, right. So he had a gooey soap dish and he thought he was turning his blood is turning to powder. So what, what does this scream to you? What are you thinking when he's starting to have these kinds of ideas? Bad shit crazy. Right. But more specifically, paranoid. it's paranoid, right? Yeah. Paranoid. Yeah. So let's talk about like, a, yeah, like a paranoid I mean, like schizophrenia. Paranoid right? schizophrenia. But I mean, I, I don't see any schizophrenia in here because he's not like talking to other people. I just, you know, like. Well, that doesn't always happen. Right. No, 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 no. So with schizophrenia, you can have auditory hallucinations where, you, you know, you hear things that other people don't hear. Or you could have visual hallucinations where you're seeing things that other people don't see. You could have one or the other. You could have both. You can have, he's got these thoughts that are fixated in his mind and he has the paranoia portion. So not every yeah. schizophrenic is in the same box. You know what I'm saying? Like their symptoms right. are different. So eventually. Uh, I mean, it sounds like just the fucking drugs, right? Like I feel, I feel like if, if he wasn't doing LSD, probably wouldn't have this shit going on right now well keep in mind even at five six years old he was already starting to torture animals set fires and wet the bed gotcha. so we've already got some other stuff going on earlier on you're right now the thing about a hallucinogenic think about and we'll talk about this a little bit more uh later into the show but when you think about all of the people who in the past and present uh used hallucinogenics 
especially during that time, but just any time in the history of man in America or the rest of the world, if everyone went completely crazy, you know, and had a psychotic break from using it, we'd, we'd be, we would know that at this point. What we do know is that it generally doesn't cause that in people. But if you have a propensity, if you have, um, uh, if there's something in there that's going to be triggered, maybe you have a family history, maybe you've not been diagnosed yet, but this may be something that's going to come out later. These drugs can, in fact, trigger that, can cause this psychotic break. Okay, so keep that in the back of your head as we're talking. But he did spend a small amount of time in a psych ward in 1973. So we've moved on. He's 23 now. All right. Um, he he He's went there. And now, but would he ever see 24 the way things is going? I don't know, fool. Tell me why are we so blind? so blind to see? So he went in there because he had injected himself with rabbit blood, like injected his veins. What happens when you do with that? rabbit blood? Well, I mean, a lot of terrible things can happen. You, just, I'm sure, just get sick. He actually didn't suffer anything from Start it. He around. was caught. He was caught fucking like a rabbit. <laughs> Starting a little nose. Like, he, it fixes it fixes that erection problem that he had. Maybe that's why he did Drew it. Drew Breezy just said, Maybe. I'm sorry, but Drew said that he went to high school with a guy named Psych Ward, S-I-K-E. That's funny. That's parental illness. Um, <laughs> If you, like, maybe that's what he was thinking. Maybe he was like, damn, dude, I can't fuck, right? I'll no, he inject actually, rabbit oh, blood in here because rabbits fuck all the time. No, he did it because he wanted to continue to keep his blood uh, liquefied. And he thought that the oh. rabbits had gotten into something that was going to get into his blood that was going to keep his blood from turning to powder but so he goes to the psych ward he goes to the psych ward he was committed um into this institution uh he was given the diagnosis at this point of paranoid schizophrenia he was put on meds all right he was finally released to his mother's care after being on these meds for a short amount of time all right he gets home with mom she doesn't want him there. She thinks he's poisoning her. All right. And then she tells him, she encourages him to get off of his meds. We don't know why, just that she did. He does. She's not happy with him living there. She kicks him out because that's wise, right? We're already, so she's encouraged him to get off his meds and now kicking him out of the house. Okay. Well, my schizophrenic aunt lived with us. My parents mm -hmm. woke up and she was standing over my bed with a knife. And they were like, nope, that's, that's it. You're done, bitch. Yeah. And yeah. she lived the rest of her life in a mental institute where she died in there too. But um, every family, other than nine brothers and sisters, they all had these like crazy episodes. I mean, she was severely schizophrenic, but. Uh, well, and it's, it's super sad. You right? can't, you can't deal, deal with that, right? Like you can't keep that in your life. Right. But why would she also encourage him to get off of his meds? Probably because he was acting even crazier when he was on his fucking meds. Some meds can do that. So that's a good point. That's not what it says here. He had been on another set of meds once that did do that to him. In fact, um, like a paradoxical reaction. These did not. We don't have any, any um, reference for how he was doing on or off of these meds, but she encouraged him to get off. We later find out that it's very likely that mother was a schizophrenic. Okay. That okay. makes sense. because it's So it also makes sense if she thought he was poisoning her. So she's a bit, she's got some paranoia tendencies as well. Right. 
So he moves into an apartment. Unless he, he was. To- Unless he was poisoning her because he's batshit crazy. And she's like, yo, I think he's fucking with my things. I've got diarrhea all the time. Let me tell you this also. When he was a kid, he killed the family mm-hmm. cat. And in front of his mother, smeared the blood on his own body as a young oh. child. And then buried it in the flower bed. And nothing was said or done about this. <laughs> What's this guy's name again? Uh, the child or the uh, Richard Chase. Richard. Come on, Dick. Dick, come on, you know better. Don't mess with the cat. Dick, Dick, no. Oh, come on, Dick. Did you have to kill it? Dick, stop rubbing the blood on your... Come on, Dick. Dick, That's too... Go bury that in the garden right now. Go. Dick, I'm not kidding. No, not the blood on the walls. neighbor's cats were found in the garden bed. When she would um, dig up, she started finding multiple... There were like a lot of missing cat posters around town or around the neighborhood, and she started finding them there. But did nothing about it. So I'm just, I'm trying to, again, drive home the point that, like, mom doesn't seem totally, something's going on there. All right. So she kicks him out. He gets, uh, he moves himself into an apartment with uh, a bunch of friends of his, or I can't say that, a few You guys want to see a dick pic real quick? We got a picture of this guy? We got a picture? Yeah. I like it when I'm on here by myself. Hey, guys. There we go. Uh, dick in here. I pictures. There's Dick. There we go. There's you a nice little dick pic for those of you. Handsome so very guy, handsome. Very yeah, handsome very very guy. handsome. Mm-hmm. Very handsome guy. That would have been um like mid sixties, mid to late sixties. Kill the cats, dude. You got a lot going for you, brother. I know. So so listen. So he gets to this apartment. He starts increasing his drug use. He's walking around naked constantly. He's mumbling to himself. He's doing, we're still doing this weird, um, uh, all of him being fixated uh, on his body and his cardiac system specifically. Very, very odd. So eventually his roommates start requesting that he leaves and he, he won't leave. Uh, so they literally took the path of least resistance. They all left. So now he's living there alone. Um, he started to, at this point, he's, I'm not, oh gosh, I don't know why I'm chuckling. This is terrible. He's living near a rabbit farm. <laughs> so he had already been doing some like bloodletting with these other animals and like drinking their blood. So now that he's living near this rabbit farm, he is consistently like throughout the week getting rabbits like throughout just daily um and eat he's sometimes eating them raw he eats their organs he would sometimes put their organs in a blender with um like a coca-cola and drink them as a smoothie uh he would uh whatever all the bloodletting drinking their blood that's pretty nasty nasty, boy so check this nasty and so i had two rabbits when i was a kid i had two rabbits when i was a kid uh, the boy mm-hmm. rabbit's name was Henry, and the girl rabbit was named Rebecca. Those are very proper names. And they would fuck all the time. That's what rabbits do. All the time. And they, they were always humping. That's what they do. So get this. In August of 77, so we're starting, you're going to see an escalation, okay? So we've already talked about some um, animal cruelty as a child. Then we talk about the cruelty turned into 
uh, some more like the, the blood, it became more about the bloodletting, him drinking the blood. And then it becomes him living near this rabbit farm and, and taking these rabbits. So now in August of night of 77, he was found in the Lake Tahoe area. He was naked. He was covered in blood. So uh, this police officer apprehends him, you know, and like kind of takes him in for a minute because he finds a bucket of blood with uh, presumably a, a liver in it in the back of That's his truck. That's a good cop. Because I'm going to tell you, when I was a cop, that'd be this, that'd be kind of dude that I just I just drive right on by. I go, that ain't blood. That's mud. And I ain't getting involved. I don't even give a shit. I don't want well, any part so of it. So he apprehends him, but they find out later that it's from a cow. So he lets him go. So Sorry. another thing is you've got to think that um, we're we're at this point in the seventies. Uh, Vietnam has been wound down. We got a lot of these hippies in California, right? Like the hippie movement, in California is starting to kind of wash. It's still it's still very much present, but it's kind of showing a different side of itself. So there was a lot of like just sweeping under the rug, just like it's another. <laughs> You know, like LSD using hippie, like da, 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 da. so. I think he flew under the radar a lot because of that. Uh, what kind of blood of you got on you, homie? Is that a human? Dick, is that human blood on you? No, it's cow. No, it's it's a bovine. It's bovine, it's bovine blood. blood. Let me hang on. Damn it, you're right. All right, come on, Dick. Get on out of here now. Leave them bovines alone. Scat. We don't want your kind. Yeah, get on back. Put some clothes on, boy. So let him go. So keep this in mind. That was in August of 77. So in December of 77, so four months later, we have the first murder. So we, like I said, we were starting to escalate and then you're going to see, or you're going to hear um, a much quicker escalation from this point forward. So in December 29th, 1977, a man named Ambrose Griffin was unloading groceries from the back of his car. He was a 51 year old engineer, father of two. So now Keep in mind that uh, Richard has been living alone. He has obtained um, a gun. He's got a little 22 handgun. And I think he had a, a 22 uh, rifle as well. But he basically did a drive-by. So he goes by as Ambrose. Ambrose's wife had gone in and dropped off one load of groceries, was about to come back out. Ambrose is unloading the trunk with his armful, turns around and gets shot. Authorities get there, initially thought that it was a cardiac arrest. Find out eventually. Oh, it's a small, been, small boy. Yeah, yeah, a little 22. I, you know, so, I've actually had somebody die on me with a 22, and we didn't have a cause of death. On We were all shocked when they were like, oh, this dude's been shot. And we were like, yeah. what? And he went in through his armpit, but the fat on his armpit sealed it all up, it up. So there was no blood or anything. Yep. And then it bounced around. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, Although there, it could have hit that axillary, anyway, the artery right yeah, there. You know what I mean? The dick's doing it dirty, man. So he did, but then he immediately goes home and watches TV. So, <laughs> with authority, well, so listen, so with authorities, they weren't too, when they found out he was shot, they were just very surprised. And then he was alive, um, in and out of consciousness when they got there, died within about 15 minutes of uh, paramedics getting to his house. So they were very shocked. This wasn't a high crime area and they just weren't really too concerned. Like they didn't ever really look at it as murder initially. They actually kind of thought some of the words were that they thought a kid was like accidentally, like randomly just shooting up in the air or toward a house. Like they just thought this was a very accidental um, 
benign incident. So not much was thought about it. So that was, like I said, we don't have a motive. Like he just is like, fuck this guy and his groceries. No. And not only do we not, not only do we not have a motive, but we don't have, you'll hear in a moment, we don't have a victimology. There's not a particular type of victim that we're looking at. Usually there's something in common and there's not. I mean, it could be anything. Uh, if, they're, if they're paranoid, it could be like, hey, that white car behind right. me is following me. Fuck them. Well, Bang. and that's why he's much more of a, he's much more of a, he's a spree killer, right? The amount he had in that short amount of time than a serial killer right. that would have more of a victimology, generally speaking. So he so, smokes this dude and then just goes home. Jumps on his ghost, ghost pad, flips on the TV. Yes. That's right. Tonight's tonight's podcast is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Been a loyal sponsor since day one. Everybody raves about them. They have the super comfortable matches that go on forever and ever and ever and ever. And best part about it is they're made in the good old USA. 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 Every mattress has that 20-year warranty, and you can try them out not for 98 nights, not 99, but 101, baby. If you don't like them, you can send them back. No hard feelings, but you won't. One of our favorite parts about GhostBed is that each mattress has that cooling technology in it. So if you get hot at night, these things are a lifesaver, baby. GhostBed also offers bundles that you can get everything you need. You don't even have to really think about it. Just choose from their four mattresses and pick your bundle. Whether you just need a, a mattress and a frame or you want it all, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. Like their cooling pillows and their sheets, you can get the best bang for your buck. Flash sale, 35% off. This is a va- this is a Valentine's Day thing, guys. Get that gift that keeps oh. on giving. Give the gift of love this Valentine's Day. Get them a ghost bed. Ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. $35 a month, zero down, 0% financing. That's even if you have uh, dispatcher credit. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. It's scary. Ooh. Back to you, Andrea. Um... Fancy heart. So he fucking uh, shoots this just guy, said goes on, flips on the TV. What do you think he puts on? Unsolved mysteries. Absolutely. Or Price is Right. <laughs> is it middle of the day? <laughs> no, that was my sick show. By the way, if I came home from school sick. Yeah, me too. I had cottage cheese Doritos yeah. and. Um, you know that and Wheel of Fortune. <coughs> I had chicken okay. noodle soup. You had cottage cheese and Doritos when you were sick. That explains so much. And Sprite. My mom thought Sprite. No, I had, they always had Sprite or ginger ale. Yeah, that will cure yeah. everything. Sprite or ginger ale. Um, so, okay. So he kills Ambrose on December of 1977. So then... Now we are starting to escalate quickly. Again, spree, mm-hmm. right? So a lot's happening in a short amount of time. He's starting to get chased out of yards from like kind of looking in homes. Um, this isn't like peeping Tom type thing. It's kind of like he's seeing what he can get away Stop. with or not. Yeah. Um, so he's starting to kind of get chased out of yards. Uh, he then starts checking doorknobs. And so to him, if he... If the door was locked, that was a no-go. He wasn't going to break and entering. If the door was unlocked, he was considering that in his mind an invitation. 
like he was literally invited in. Uh, so super bizarre. So one time he actually gets caught by homeowners. He had gone, he had run in the house, gone into what was the baby's room. I don't think he wasn't seeking out the baby. Well, he wasn't seeking out the baby. Fuck what he's doing. No, I know. But let me tell you, like my point is it wasn't because he was trying to get the kid or anything like that. It was just, I think the first room he came in and he hmm. peed, he like urin- urinated in the dresser drawer and defecated wow. in the baby's crib. And they ran in and found him. And as um, he took a shit found- on the baby, no, in the well, in the crib, not on the baby. Oh, where the fuck? Okay. And so, well, the baby could have been in mom's arms in the living room. You know who knows? Oh, I got you. But um, so they they hear something, chase him out. He yells, and I quote, "I was taking a shortcut," and <laughs> darts between houses and gets away. Uh, so he's not found. Uh, that was. Just not long after he killed Ambrose. Well, I mean, within a few, just a couple weeks. So then by the end of January of 1978, so exactly one month, almost exactly one month after he killed his first victim by that kind of drive-by, uh, driveway grocery getting thing. Um, he, this is where it gets tough. I will be, I mean, I'll tell some gruesome details for sure. But again, if you want to look into this. It's pretty fucking gross. He shit on the baby's crib. Fuck this guy. That is about the most PG thing that he's going to do. You shit forward. in my kid's bed. I know, but I'm telling you right now, if you get interested in this case, look it up. Right. Um, but I'm not going to like verbalize everything. He did. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it gets really, really bad. That's what um, I'm here for. I'm here for the mayhem and the murder. I That's know, and I'm going to tell you a lot of it. it though. So on January 23rd, 1978, he went to a woman's home named Teresa uh walleen he shot her three times if i can say that there's a silver lining to any of this it's that he had that gun because any moving forward anyone that he does these things to they're shot dead first and then he does these horrible things but he is really that horrible for dead yeah it's pretty terrible she was three months pregnant At the time, which obviously just only makes it worse. That's sad because the baby wasn't dead yet. Yep. So he, this is the first time. So he did engage in necrophilia with her. So if you remember with the impotence with him um, as a younger guy, this is something that shouldn't be surprising. He's learned that this is how he can have his release, but it wasn't all sexually driven. If you remember, he still had the fixation on his cardiac system and on his blood with his paranoia and his psychosis. So, um, he, after she shot, she is no longer alive. Uh, the necrophilia of course ensues. He stabbed her. He opened her body. He stabbed her organ. He actually removed some organs. He drank her blood. Dick. Uh, he cut out her kidneys and replaced, put them back in. Uh, (laughs) and the worst part, uh, it's, I don't know. Why is this the worst part? It's the worst. He actually got, dog feces from the lawn and put it in her mouth before she left <laughs> the and fuck she was dick? young god dude what's wrong with you dude you're shitting in cribs you like you mutilating a body and then you're putting dog poop like you're fucked up dude you know and why they the give me the electric thing, chair this listen, guy's that's, fucking dirty right right so that's the one thing i can't i've kind of looked into that a little bit it's horrible and obviously so just degrading and ter- it's just terrible but I don't understand it either. I can't uh, make sense of it along the things that he's been not, doing. It probably is not much there. 
There's not probably not much upstairs at that point. All right. So moving forward, that you know was what I'm saying? he's probably just reacting to life. You know, if, if he walks into a bedroom and shits in a bed and then just says, I'm taking a shortcut, there probably isn't a thought process. You know what I mean? His body's probably just on like autopilot at that point. Yeah. No? Yeah. No, I know. You know I don't see a lot and, of conscious thought there. And kind of like Joe Biden running this the White House. Well, and a good point too that I that I've heard um be made is, you know, like when you're if you equate especially like this paranoid ideations, you know, let's let's compare that to to tripping. Let's compare that to being on a hallucinogenic, you know, like your life, like anything is, can be symbolic. It can mean like, you know, in his right. brain in that moment, could have been like feeding knows. her, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I gotta find you, exactly. I gotta find you food. Oh, look, there's a hamburger. It's right. I mean, shit, who even you know? knows? So listen, so keep this in mind though. So uh, the month prior was Ambrose's murder right? Uh, that was looked at upon. It's, you know, kind of uh, an accident, like who knows now they've retrieved the casings from the 22 or the, the right. spit shells in the 22 or the, you know, um, bullets uh, from Teresa compared them to Ambrose. We have a match. So wow. now they know they're like, oh gosh, something bad's happening. Okay. So mm-hmm. now, now everyone is on alert. She lived, let me make it known, uh, basically within the same neighborhood. So yeah. all of his victims were very close together. So essentially the same neighborhood as Ambrose. So if you can imagine living in a very close vicinity of this guy getting shot in his driveway and now this heinous horrible thing that just happened to her right so people as you can imagine are paralyzed with fear at this point they're um we're now getting into the height of also think about this we're looking at the late 70s what else do you mean this is right when serial killers were like at their you know this is when this was their time to shine so the people in this neighborhood are terrified corn pop was a bad dude says my kid just won most creative in the Pinewood Derby. What did I miss? Yes. Well, hey, while your kids love the, the Pinewood Pinewood Derby. Dick stuffing shit in a dead woman's mouth. Corn Pops, thanks for being late. Thanks for coming and interrupting. Glad your hey, kid had Pop. a great time. Girl Scouts. All Listen. right. Dick just fucking cut the kidneys out of a bitch and then took dog shit and shoved it in her mouth. That's how our Listen. night's going, Corn Pop. Listen, How's hey, your night going? Thanks for Will joining us. Quiet for a minute. Corn Pop, good job. Congratulations to your kiddo. Also, the fastest car, we'll talk later, but you've got to keep the graphite in your pocket, right? You little when the judges aren't looking. Also, make that car the shape of like a. Okay, my kids are out of it now. I'll tell you. Make your car the shape of like a uh, like a door wedge, like a triangle or like a cartoon slice of cheese. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be the most aerodynamic. Put most of your weight in the front. Follow me for more Pinewood Derby tips. All right, so on January 27th, this is four days later, four days after Teresa was killed, uh, he entered the home of Evelyn uh, Marath. When he gets there, this gets super sad, y'all, but when he gets there, she had a friend visiting. So there was like a guy there. He sees the man first. The guy's name is Danny, I believe. Yep. So he sees Danny Meredith. He shoots him. Then he gets around to where Evelyn was. I think she was uh, 36, 37 years old. Uh, he shoots her. Now she has a six-year-old son. Um, he shoots the son, and she is babysitting her 22-month-old nephew. And he shoots the nephew. Okay, so past that part. So 
they're all deceased now. Thankfully, hopefully it was all very quick for everyone and that's done. Right. Um, so fuck with him, does he? So he goes to Evelyn and uh, he mutilates her body. He stabbed her, removed some of her organs, um, necrophilia again. He um, did a lot of things. He drank yogurt um, or he used an old yogurt container to drink. Or actually, that was the first girl. He used an old yogurt container to drink her blood. This one, he just does more mutilation, uh, much more gruesome, if you will, if any of it is. I will tell you that I stumbled upon the crime scene photos, which usually I'm kind of a weirdo about. I kind of don't mind to see them. These I could have done without. Um, so I'm just warning you if you get into... Yeah, so that's from the first murder. If you're if you're watching or if you're just listening, we've got a picture up here. Um, it's the only crime scene photo that I would allow it to go on here. It just shows copious amounts of blood, but you can see a circular stain with blood underneath it. And if you were to zoom in on that ruler there to show the size, it's about two inches across. So that's the bottom of the yogurt container. If you picture when you put a cup down, if you've already spilled some coffee, let's say, so every time you put it down, you get a coffee ring on the table or on the floor. That's what's happened here. Um, that was again from the first or from, excuse me, the second murder, but the first one that he actually uh, messed with the body. Um, so he, so he kills her friend. Don't you do it. He kills her friend, uh, by shooting him, shoots her, everybody. But after he does all this with her body, he does start doing some stuff with the six-year-old's body, not sexual in nature, but it's more about the organs and what he feels like he needs to ingest. Um, and then there was a knock. Uh, knock on the door from a neighbor. So this startles him. He has decapitated the youngest one, um, the nephew that she was babysitting. 22-month-old. The 22-month-old. So he grabs the baby's body, runs out the back door when he hears the knock on the door, has her keys in hand, and him, he and the baby, dead baby, get in the her station wagon and drive back to his house. He doesn't just immediately dump the child. He drives back to his own apartment, proceeds to drink the blood, do the things that he does, oh. then puts the body of the child and the keys of the car in a box and discards those in the woods. So that, that will be there for a later time. Um, God damn. And, and just know that like, I'm not on, saying dude. half of it. All right. So just, know all i want all the full night. details what are you not telling us about like what could be any worse than that i'm not gonna just things that he does i'm just not gonna it can't i mean there's no look up the story jerk look off on him or something no it's not even like that's the thing it's oh. not even like other than i mean there was necrophilia but it wasn't this wasn't a super sexualized type okay. situation i can't think of anything um, worse than removing organs and then putting dog shit in somebody's mouth so listen to what happened. So now we've got the first guy, Ambrose, in the driveway. We've got Teresa. They're not counting the baby. You know, in those days, they're not counting the um, fetus as a separate charge. But so we had Ambrose. Then we have Teresa. And then we have the four that were just at this home, at Evelyn's home. So now we have six murders in the course of literally one month. Um, so what happened was to lead to his arrest, 
he is wide-eyed. At this point, he's lost a ton of weight. He's very gaunt. He had been around 160, 70 pounds, got down to 145. Yeah, that carnival tire will do that. Look at me. I think that at this point, he's, just listen, he's around like 107 pounds. He's oh. tiny. He's like 5'11", so he's scrawny. Damn. He's very gaunt. Uh, do you have any of the other pictures I put up of him, like as time went on? Not the young, like handsome. Let's do a little photo. before. A little before is when he looked young and handsome, like uh, John. He looks Bates. like he's straight up on LSD right there, though. His pupils are the size of his entire eyes. That's true. Um, that's a black and white dick. That's a non-racist dick right there. Um, and there he is. Then there, there he is now with a pirate style mustache. No, he gets like, worse. That's even that's oh. still. He looks like part of the traveling wilburys or something. There, this is the only it gets thing worse. You sent me though. I don't have any other ones. It's not true, but okay. Okay, I'll go and download some more. You keep talking. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. No, they might just not have gone through. My my service was terrible. Oh, but there's can. a few that you can. Uh, I put some up on Instagram on Andrea Blake, but also if you just Google his name, you'll see him. He just gets super skinny. His face is caved in. His eyes are sunken and dark. He just looks terrible. So get this. So he's kind of running through this neighborhood at this point, and um, he sees this woman in a car. I, I'm not so certain that he recognizes who she is, but he's asking for a ride. She, however, looks at him and is startled and she's not super sure, but she thinks that he's a guy. She thinks he's Richard Chase, a guy she went to high school with, but he looks so different than he used to. That's why she's not, you know, you guys saw that black and white photo when he was younger and handsome. Mm. And he looks very, very different at this point, very disheveled. Again, the hollow cheekbones, the whole thing. But she still thinks she recognizes him. He was wearing a bright orange. There you go. Uh, it's his mugshot when he was finally brought in. Gives you a better idea. Uh, he was wearing a bright orange. They call it a poncho type jacket. It just looks like what we'd call like a, a puffer jacket. Like a, a bright orange one that had uh, blood stains all over it. But we, a lot of us know, most of us know that blood dries brown. Not a lot. Not everybody knows that or maybe on first pass would think it to be blood, Right. Maybe she did, but he had on this jacket with the blood stains, and he looks just kind of out there and uh, his eyes aren't tracking too well. And he asks her for a ride. Again, she thinks she recognizes him. She says no to the ride, Good but not her. very long after is when she learns of this newest um, murder. And there's like a big manhunt and everything's like on lockdown. So then she goes to the authorities and she's like, oh my goodness. Um, you know, I might know who this guy is. Like, I can't be certain, but he reminds me of this guy I went to high school with. And if so, his name is Richard Chase. Well, that's how they mm. find him. So they go to his apartment. They get there immediately. They say that uh, ceiling, floor, walls, blood everywhere. It's in array. There's uh, pots and pans on the stove. Uh, there's a blender with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's some crime scene photos a little bit. There's a blender that bottom left shows, and on Instagram I showed a bit of a closer up picture. That blender has organs in it, human organs. Uh, the smell is what I can't imagine must have been happening here with all of this rotting blood and organ meat. Uh, in the fridge, there were various containers of other organs and things like that. So anyway, he he had obviously done these things and come home and just continued to, oh, uh, it's awful. So on. May 8th of 1979, a jury found him guilty of six counts of first-degree murder and sentenced him to death by gas chamber. 
evidently yeah. his uh, fellow prison mates mm. were terrified of him. They oh. actually encouraged him to commit suicide. Oh, good. Um, and on December 26th of 1980, yes, yeah, so about seven months later, uh, guards found him. He had, in fact, overdosed. He had um, some tranks and sleeping pills and things like that that they prescribed them within the jail They or in the prison. He had been hoarding them, and so he overdosed on those uh, and died. Uh, a suicide God. in jail in 1980. So he's right at 30 years old. We just don't so have enough of that. We need so listen to this. That. Here's the part that gets me um, so interested. Okay. So we were talking earlier about the McDonald triad. So this was on the cusp of some other stuff. So if you guys ever watched uh, Mine Hunter, right? Did you ever watch Mine Hunter, Eric? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's the show about, if you are not familiar, it's about. Um, it's a fictional show, but it's like historical fiction, right? So it's based on the idea of the FBI profilers and how they start learning that there are patterns that they can do these analysis, right? These, uh, they can see, they can use the crime to like work backward to determine the type of person that would do this. So they can make a full on description of the suspect without having any, any idea who this person is. Now they know who to, uh, who they're looking for, right? Or they can use a pattern of crimes with with the certain kinds of victims or whatnot. This was right on the cusp of all of that becoming kind of like doctrine in terms of um, investigative uh, uh, work. So uh, Robert Ressler was the FBI agent who was one of the ones who headed this whole thing up. He passed away back in, I think, 2013. But his there's a character in Mindhunter that's, that's based on him. Um, so listen to this. After he examined the Wallen crime scene, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's Teresa, which would have been the uh, second murder, but the first one that he actually toyed with the body so much. Uh, Wrestler released this profile of the killer. This is, again, before they know at all who did it. They don't have a name. They have nothing. They just have this crime scene. And it says, white male, age 25 to 27 years old. Then, under nourished appearance, residence will be extremely slovenly and unkempt, and evidence of the crime will be found at the residence. He will have a history of mental illness and will have been involved in use of drugs. This will be a loner who does not associate with either males or females and will probably spend a great deal of time in his own home where he lives alone, unemployed, possibly receives some form of disability money, if residing with anyone, it would be his parents. However, this is unlikely. There will be no prior military record, high school or college dropout, probably suffering from one or more forms of paranoid schizophrenia. He later classified the killer as a disorganized offender. Example, like no planning, right? Involved in the murder. Uh, likely seriously mentally ill and cannot distinguish between right and wrong. This is in contrast to an organized offender who carefully planned their crimes and stalked their victims, etc. But isn't that wild? I think that's so interesting that based on this crime scene, that second crime scene, he described this guy to a T, right? Um, stop. But anyway, that's super interesting. And again, if you want to look this up, if you just Google anything about the vampire of Sacramento, you can find all kinds of things. Um, I encourage you to be careful whenever like the first article pops up, but keep looking and you'll find more and more. Why? Why? It's, what's uh, wrong with the first article? I feel sorry. This for is not always, well, sometimes it's not always accurate. 
you know, it's not always completely reliable. Right, um, you know, <clears throat> the fact that he killed himself in jail. Did you hear about the two, uh, the, the gay couple that adopted the two brothers mm -hmm. that were in fourth grade yeah. and the fucking heinous shit that they did to those kids? Man. I didn't. I Okay. I read the headline, so I, I understand what happened. I didn't read details because right. I didn't want details. It's really bad. Um really bad and the fact that they were pimping them out and they, that's how they got caught but they'd already pimped them out I did several read that. times that was in the to several high-end rich people so again just playing you know playing with this whole like child pedophilia and the ruling elite i don't know but uh either way i hope prison justice is very good to those guys i agree and i hope it's not just like an overdose you know what i'm saying like i know i want i, I know want that's some like shit I want somebody to squat over them and drop a fucking doozy right in their mouth while they're still alive, preferably. While they're holding onto their own kidney. Can you live? How long can you live without a kidney? A few minutes, maybe? Forever. Like you, without one kidney? So if I cut somebody's kidney out, I can make them hold it, right? Yeah, you can live with one alive? kidney. Oh, that's what they you, should no, do. You can live the rest of your life with one kidney. That's what they should do. That'd be a as good as long as right it's there. properly functioning. Yeah. Here, hold this kidney and then take a deuce right in their mouth. Bam! Lights out, bitch. And in their bloodline. What do we have mm. going on? Is there new news? What's going on with the show? Ooh, ooh. Ah, uh, go ahead. No. I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. What were you gonna say? I got ahead of myself. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> seem really excited about whatever it is <laughs> hang on there richard um it's merch but i just i can't there's not enough for me to say yet so dude just... fuck this merch people they like people have been buying no, shit off the site and nobody's mailed them anything off our site no no i'm starting a new one with, with i our know merch. but people are people have ordered off of our old one and Johnson, aren't getting can their i shit. know yes john and these other guys it. won't answer their phone. Um, I mean, you can talk about the merch shit. I don't care. Uh, we have the meetup, April, whatever that Wednesday it is. is. What is it? Right. I look tonight. It's the 12th. The 12th. April 12th. Meetup in Clayton, North Carolina. It's really Raleigh, North Carolina. Or it's Raleigh, North Carolina, but it's really Clayton, North Carolina. Uh, Drew Breezy will be here. Looks like Jonathan Bates will be here. Looks like Andre. Looks like the whole cast and crew will be at Instill Distilling Company on the 12th, there's a hotel within walking distance. It's a cheap hotel. So if you want to come in for a big giant podcast meetup, we'll have, uh, we'll, we'll be at my studio. We'll be shooting some pool in the studio. You'll be able to hang out. Uh, there'll be some drinks for free. Probably probably won't even charge you for the drinks at the distillery. You'll have to pay. But when you come back for the after party at the uh, studio, you know, there'll be some free drinks and uh, just a good old hangout. Um, and then so market calendars for that April 20th. Don't forget Com Center with Drew Breezy on Thursday night and Jonathan Bates. And then myself and Dead Leg Media will be holding down everything else you need to know about the week uh, other than the job tomorrow. But this has been a really nice breakdown. It's been really good. Um, what a piece of shit Richard was. Uh, corn pop, you mother, you motherfucker. Oh, he's gone. Guys, what's going on? Have y'all been? 
Um, oh, he's coming back. I see him. Oh, no. You made me so mad that I exited out. If you ever come in here and interrupt me again, Corn Pop, so help me God. So help me God. I don't care if it's for your kid's funeral. Don't you ever interrupt my show again. I'm just kidding. We're all really proud about the uh, the derby thing. It's really cool, actually. It's actually really cool. So I was starting a whole new show without you, but it's fine. You're back. So anyway. All right. Well, I think we're good. My tits are getting smaller. Good. Good. All right. Thank you guys so much. You got anything else you want to add? You want to close us out in prayer? I think that's it. Close us out in prayer. Say a little prayer. I'll always say a prayer. Say a little prayer for you. It's a good song. It's a good song. Some technical dude says, uh, how's the arm, Eric? Got the cast off. Just doing real good. Just doing real good. He literally never went back to his follow-up, cut his own cast off, didn't go to PT, and then complained that it was stiff. So if you, but it's not so stiff anymore. I mean, it still won't go straight, but like it's not nearly as bad. You, you as can do was. PT from home, yeah. Uh, a lot of this because I don't have the same problems that old Richard had. Got okay. nine problems, but nope, ain't one. All it right, ain't one. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's good talking to y'all tonight. It's good. Oh, uh, what super fan? Super fan James got you a ghost bed pillow and a really nice bottle of wine. So. Oh, you didn't tell me about the wine. Are you going to drink this one also before I get it? I like you did the diet. last one? You got me two bottles of wine, but I'm on a diet. My wife's pregnant, so you can have it. But um, anyway, it's really nice. He got me a Marine Corps daddy cup. It's really cute, even though I was never in the Marine Corps. But now I'm going to walk around like I was with my Marine Corps daddy coffee cup. So thank you, Superfan James. Please don't uh, drink Andrea's blood and put dog shit in her mouth. Anything else you want to do with her? It's fine. Just keep the dog shit out of her mouth, please. Okay. All right. Well, it was good to talk to you guys, and we can't wait to see you next week. Don't forget that uh, last call will drop Thursday morning, and Jonathan and Drew's comm center will be Thursday night at 8, 7 central. So definitely – Watch that again. It's a call-in show. We'll put the number up. And uh, they had a great one last week. If you guys missed it, go back and take a look, take a listen. It's a really, uh, it was a, a temper tantrum of a 911 phone call. And uh, it's great. I think that it also touches on mental health in a big kind of way that uh, uh, they didn't even have the time to talk about because they're talking about the police officers and the dispatchers and how everybody's working together to deal with somebody who's losing her mind over her brother, throwing her bacon away or dropping it on the floor or whatever. But it was great. Fucking don't was, throw bacon away, dude. Was, throw my bacon away. Watch what happens. And everyone was talking about it, but the first clue was like the turtleneck sweater under the robe. Although I've probably done worse on some cold days. Like I don't, in and of itself, it's not terrible. You throw but. my, you throw my bacon out. I'll shit in your mouth. <laughs> From Murr 530, M, Sandbag Queen, TJR, Tat the Cool Dude, Deadleg Media, Corn Pop was an asshole tonight, Sarah Kelch, Teresa K, Drew, Easy Breezy, and all the other people that I missed, David Osborne, Sillamander, Hydro Man, all the people. There were so many people in the chat tonight, over 80-something of you. So appreciate you, Micah. Thank you, guys. We love you. Good night. That was good. Good night, y'all.